0: Fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave,
1: Jamie, and Heat. Welcome to Fantasy Football today here on Wednesday, where we are talking sleepers, Dave sleepers, Jamie sleepers, Heat sleepers, even though he's not on the show today, and. Even better, listener sleepers. I asked the listeners on Twitter yesterday who are some of your favorites, and they gave some pretty good answers. So we're going to talk about that. Dave and Jamie are here. I am Adam. Good morning, guys. What's going on?
2: What's up, Adam? How are you? Are you feeling good this morning? I, yeah. are you, uh, I'm okay. Excited? Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. We had some audio
0: okay.
1: issues going on, and I lost my cool a little bit. And then Jamie. I'm
2: sick of it. I'm
0: sick of it. <laughs>
1: Jamie started working on his Adam impression. It's actually pretty good.
0: Uh, It's actually pretty good. So thank you for that. I I can't take it anymore. I'm sick of it. (laughs) Thank
2: you, Jamie.
0: Uh, The only thing that was better than your rant this morning was I I could watch John Gruden coach uh, Nathan Peterman and Mike Glennon on a loop. Peterman. And uh, Glennon on a loop. It was so funny last night. It was one of the best Hard Knocks episodes ever. Really? Oh, my gosh. It was awesome.
1: Oh, all right. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. I'm looking for. I'm looking for new shows. I'm cruising for new shows. I tried one the other day, and it was the worst show I've ever seen. If you're lucky, I'll tell you about which 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 show that everybody loves that Adam absolutely hates right now. But who is your uh, your
0: favorite Good choice of words? By the way, what do you mean? If you're lucky.
1: If you're lucky, yes. Andrew Luck is obviously a big story today. Is Andrew Luck uh, destroying T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, and Eric Ebron um, and Fantasy Seasons already? Uh, But before that, it is a sleeper show, so just give me one. Give me your favorite sleeper for 2019
2: or one of your favorite sleepers. Dave, who do you got? Does Deshaun Jackson qualify as a sleeper? Yeah, yeah. Because he's not a, you know, early, he's barely a middle-round pick. Um I like him better in non-PPR than PPR, but I think he's in for a year like his first year in Washington.
1: Okay. I'm trying to look up those numbers. Over 1,000
2: yards, um, like five or six touchdowns, something like that. I'm pretty sure that.
1: Uh, that was 2014. He was wide receiver 15 in non-PPR, 20 in PPR, 56 catches, 1,169 yards, and six touchdowns on 94 targets
0: in 15 games.
1: All right, Jamie, how about you? Your favorite sleeper?
0: Uh, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> really excited <laughs> about him for this season. Uh, I'll take Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I, I I like what I've been hearing about the reports on him and uh, what our buddy Pete Prisco said about his, his opportunity this season. So I think uh, MVS for the value you're getting, Matt, could be really good.
1: I'm drinking, by the way, because he said Pete Prisco. But I don't know that you mentioned what Prisco said on this podcast. You may have only said it on the video show FFT on CBS Sports HQ. So uh, as I take a drink, uh, what what did he say?
0: He was with the Packers in Green Bay, speaking to uh, numerous people there from Matt LaFleur to Aaron Rodgers to um, I'm sure a number of people, Devontae Adams as well. Uh, Adams told him this on camera that, uh, you know, they obviously like Geronimo Allison a lot. and I don't think this is a Jerome Allison stinks conversation, but it's also that, They expect Valdez-Scantling to be, I think, the bigger stat producer. Um, Somebody told Pete to expect maybe eight to ten touchdowns out of Valdez-Scantling this year. And I I think there's an opportunity just looking at what the outside receivers do versus the slot receivers, especially in the red zone, and and Valdez-Scantling could have a big, big season. He's
2: the field striker. Not that Devontae Adams can't stretch the field, but he's like the do-it-all number one guy. Allison's in the slot, and MVS is the one who can... You know, force the safeties back a little bit more, get guys open underneath, or beat defenses with the long ball. Rodgers is pretty good at throwing, though.
1: How would you guys rank Deshaun Jackson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Geronimo Allison right now?
2: I still have Deshaun at the top of the list. In non-PPR, I definitely have MVS ahead of Allison. In PPR, I think I'm being stubborn and still have Geronimo one, maybe
0: two spots ahead of MVS. Uh, I'll take both Packers over Deshaun, but I, I like all
1: Okay, is it weird when you say Pete go drink and then I drink? Is it weird that I love water? Like I was talking about that the other day. I, I love water. How do you guys feel about just drinking water?
0: You know what's funny is that um, unofficial reports that uh, Adam's wife brought him milk, and he said, "I don't want
1: milk. <laughs> I want water. I do want water. I love water, Britta. It's great." All right, today's sponsors. FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash FFT. get a $5 bonus on your first deposit. You can do a lot with those $5. You can play five different contests. You can play one contest for five bucks. Uh, you can turn it into a lot of money. I really, honestly, truly love FanDuel. So check it out. FanDuel.com slash FFT. You can gamble on there too. SeatGeek is our other sponsor. Use the promo code FFT on SeatGeek for $10 off your first purchase. So if you're looking for tickets to any event, still got some summer concerts, um, Football is coming up. Baseball, whatever it is. SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek and download the app. Use the promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. I'm going to announce a Podcast League participant. I'm going to make another Podcast League announcement later on in the show. But let's start with the big news. And Andrew Luck, he has he's been dealing with this calf issue. Now he has an ankle issue as well. His status for week one is uncertain. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Was bad in 2017, but should be a better player now. In 2017, he threw for 3,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. And barely played through only 4 passes last year. Alright, so there are a lot of angles here to Andrew Luck. Let's start with Luck himself. And what are you doing in your rankings, and how do you feel about him on draft day now?
0: Uh, I put him at 15.
1: Nah. uh Really? All right, let me just say. Yeah, I'm concerned. But last year, you know, this time last year, we didn't know for sure he'd be ready for week one. He was falling. It was not 15th. And he ended up being one of the best values in fantasy because he had an amazing year, and we were freaking out about an
0: injury. Uh, oh, if we find out, you know, the, the pro, I think we probably need to explain this a little bit more. we never really talk about this. The way I approach my rankings, I don't know if Dave and Heath do the same thing. I approach it as if I'm doing a draft today. And if I'm drafting today, I can't tell somebody to draft Andrew Luck as their starting quarterback with any semblance of confidence because we don't know how many games he could miss. It's now it's 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 started as a calf injury in May. And here we are in the middle of August. And now the sun, it's a high ankle sprain. They don't know what's going on. He's going to see a specialist. So I expect him to play this season. But I, I start to look at my rankings. Now, you can easily question and I get it. You could say. How can anybody say Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson over Andrew Luck? And I get that. totally get it. But when you start to, the, the way I approach it is, if I think Russell Wilson, who I don't really love this year, 16 games, is better than Andrew Luck right now. Drew Brees, who I think is going to continue to decline a little bit, 16 games, better than Andrew Luck. Ben Roethlisberger, even without Antonio Brown, 16 games, I feel better about him than Andrew Luck. The line I draw is Jimmy Garoppolo because I can't tell you Garoppolo is going to play 16 games, and he's my 16th quarterback right now. So mm-hmm. I just look at it that if you want to take luck, like we did two 10-team drafts yesterday, and one I purpose both I tried to get Andrew Luck, one I failed, one I got him, and I took him with Jared Goff. And a 10-team league, it's easy. You can you can swing for the fences with luck, and hopefully he's fine. But if I'm drafting today, we do a two-quarterback league draft this afternoon. I can't draft Luck as a number one guy. I'll take a chance on him as a number two guy. But I just but that, don't know when he's going to. That's different. Play. It's like two quarterback league is totally I, different. I just don't know when Andrew Luck is going to play right now. I, yeah. I'm I'm fully expecting, and and we do this all the time. Antonio Brown was down to for me 19. Put him back at 12. He started eight, you know, because we have more news that tells us he's going to be on the field. Uh, Melvin Gordon is going to yo-yo because of when he signs his deal. If he signs before the end of training camp, or or before the season starts, uh, you know that. Labor Day weekend, let's just say. But isn't that a a
1: lesson to be learned, like that maybe you shouldn't move Andrew Luck down this far? It's not like he's going to miss the entire season. What makes you
2: think he's going to be ready? Well, because here's the thing.
1: Because here's the thing. If I draft Andrew Luck, and I'm not drafting him as a top five guy anymore. Like in the draft we did yesterday, I took Cam Newton over him. I saw in our consensus rankings, he's just behind Jared Goff. That makes sense. But if I draft Andrew Luck in a one quarterback league, we talk about it all the time. Quarterback is so deep. I can take a chance on Andrew Luck as like the tenth quarterback off the board, and I can still draft Jameis Winston or Philip Rivers or somebody that I like, and I can use as a starter until Andrew Luck is healthy. And all of a sudden, it's great value. I,
0: I, right, I stop, stop, stop there, stop there until he's healthy. That's the thing we don't know right now. That's that's the problem. If you're yeah. doing your draft right now, you're and and, and I know most drafts are going to happen in a couple weeks, and we will adjust our rankings accordingly when we have more news as that happens. That, that, I think, is the the process that we, unfortunately, have to deal with that people that are doing their drafts don't necessarily have to uh, follow. So if you think like most – if you if most people think like you, Adam, like he's going to be fine for the season, which I hope is the case. I have, I have to declare keepers for a draft that I'm doing on Saturday, and Luck was all along one of my four keepers because I get him in round 13. I'm still going to do it because we have an IR spot, so it makes it a little bit easier for me. But if I didn't have the IR spot, it's a little bit trickier. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, if you're doing your drafts between now through this weekend and this weekend is when they really start to pick up. So okay. it's just a matter of where is your risk versus reward factor. And so, like, I'll use Roethlisberger as an example, because he was a top three quarterback last year through for 5000 yards. And we know there's a lot that's changed because he loses arguably his best receiver. But the offense isn't changing. They're still going to throw the ball a lot. The defense, I know, is going to be better. At least I expect it to be. So he's not going to probably be 5,000 yards. But you hear Heath all the time say he's projecting him to still be among the league leaders in pass attempts. And I think that's going to be the case. Will he be as successful in that? I don't know. But how can I sit here and say I don't trust Roethlisberger when I know he's playing and we don't know the combination of the group of guys. I don't want to make this a Roethlisberger conversation, but the, the combination of guys don't make him still very successful as a fantasy option. At the same time, you've talked about this, Adam. The Colts last year they ran the ball more down the stretch when you know they they, yeah. they started to win the nine ball and one. Better in their and, last and, and, ten games. Yep. And and I know Dave's counter to that is his fantasy production was still good, but what if it's he's not right? They run the ball more. You know they're taking their time with them, kid gloves. You know this is a team that that the defense is going to be better. However you 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 slice it, they're going to be better, and I think that they can be a little bit more cautious with him to make sure he's ready. I agree with you. I expect him to play the majority of the season. I expect him to be fine. But the position is so deep. Exactly. That-
1: exactly. That that's why you should te- that's why you should not wait that long to take him because you can take him in round 10 when you already have the core of your team, even if he's the eighth quarterback off the board or something like that. And two rounds later, you can still take
0: a really good starting quarterback. So, and and, and you could, you could still do that anyway, but I, 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 I'll go back to, you know, you asked this question uh, over the last couple of weeks, how many starting quarterbacks do, do we feel comfortable with? And when I say 25, it's like, okay, uh, the, the first 15 guys, I, I think, you know, they're probably, if I was doing projections, they'd be, Two, three points apart from each other. And I still think Luck is a is a number one quarterback. But like I I, I go again where where I go for the upside guys of of Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, that they're they're a little bit what wild cards. But I, I think right now he's in for me at least the the same mix as Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Roethlisberger of guys that are still gonna be very good, but I have some questions. Here's the deal. The, the, first of
2: all, sorry for blowing everybody's ears out with my Acer like <laughs> outburst a minute ago. <laughs> How is this any different than 2017? Has Andrew Luck practiced barely? Are the Colts lying about what his injury is? Yeah. Do they know when he's going to? I don't think they're lying about his injury. Really? They started by saying it was a calf. Now I, it's, I, there was I, a bone I, issue. I, I now think, it's an ankle. I don't think it's
0: lying. I think they didn't. They think it was misdiagnosed. I don't think it was. They're they're purposely trying to. Uh,
2: okay, to that, that, people. I, okay, fine. They've misdiagnosed an injury potentially for the second time in three years with Andrew Luck. I, and the bottom line in fantasy, which you talked about, Jamie, is that there are so many other quarterbacks that you can go with. Why would you put yourself in the position of having that unnecessary risk with luck missing time? If you draft Andrew Luck, it means you have to draft two quarterbacks. A lot of people don't want to draft two quarterback. I'm in, I, I'm in the same camp as you, Adam. I'm willing to take Andrew Luck in, I've got him just outside round 10 in my rankings and I'd love to pair him with Breeze, with Rivers, with Roethlisberger. Sure, but I, I've got to I've got to commit to having two quarterbacks on my team, and I've got to make sure that I want to carry it for I don't know how long. Well, is it going to be just if if, if we yeah. know it's going to be just one week of no Andrew Luck, that's a cakewalk. Fine, I'll deal with it. But we don't know if it's going to be yeah. one week or sixteen weeks, and All right. that's that's really the problem that I. see.
1: No, it makes sense. It makes sense. But if you take him in round 10 and he misses the entire season, is really no harm, no foul on your roster. I that you
2: know, I agree with it's just it's just annoying.
1: Uh, what about the rest? Like this stuff definitely makes me nervous about TY Hilton. I mean, TY Hilton in 2017 was the number 25 wide receiver in non-PPR, number 28 in PPR. He had 7 games with fewer than 30 yards. He was pretty useless almost every time. And uh, he was a little bit better in 2015 in nine games without Andrew Luck. Hilton was on pace for 68 catches, 1,024 yards, and just three and a half touchdowns. So that's you know not not god awful, but certainly not third round material here. When would you take T.Y. Hilton today?
0: Thanks, bud. Early third.
2: I'm gonna be more late.
0: Well,
1: I don't get it. Why would you move Andrew Luck down to fifteen, but not T1 because th-
0: this isn't this isn't Luck missing the season yet? We don't know that yet. But okay,
1: but you wouldn't do- and knock I also down. I will say your- what I
0: I'll say what I've been saying. I, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's going to be as much of a disaster.
1: He, for the, yeah, I I mean he shouldn't be.
0: He was terrible, and the, they were terrible in the he preseason. Was, he game, was in the preseason if game. He was thrown into the mix late. He didn't have the same offensive line in front of him. He didn't have any semblance of experience.
1: Antonio Brown or T.Y. Guy. Hilton? Antonio Brown or Hilton?
0: I'm taking Brown. Brown is probably the smart effect.
1: Okay. Uh, Marlon Mack, effect on him?
0: Nothing yet.
2: Yeah. Nothing? Still, like, round three, four in that. Okay. And then Eric Ebron, you know. Oh, God. How late did Ebron go? You took him in our 10-team PPR. Yeah, it was super late. I was the last was guy like, to take a tight end. It was like your third-to-last pick or second-to-last pick? Yeah. No, I, I took the last tight end. I was the second-to-last, yeah. 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 Um, Did you take Jordan Reed? I
1: did. You did, right? Yeah. He's, he's going so late. He's like tight end 21 or something. He's a really good sleeper. He's one of Heath's sleepers especially in PPR. All right, uh, we have uh, some more big news. Just let's run through it really quickly, guys, as we have a lot to get to on today's show. Tony Romo says it's a coin flip as to whether Ezekiel Elliott will play in week one. Who do you say that to? He said it to you? Matthew Mayer.
0: Said it to me. Said it to you.
1: Uh, Amari Cooper has plantar fascia irritation, according to Maven Sports. Big deal?
2: Not big deal? They seem to be downplaying it in Dallas.
1: And Kevin Duffy of the Boston Herald says, it's pretty clear that the Patriots see Sonny Michel as their lead running back.
2: Yeah.
0: As as yeah, there's, there's there's reports that Damien Harris is not even being involved in practice. And it's not injury-related. Hard to trust him at all.
1: <sighs> if I give you 16 to 17 carries per game for Sony Michelle, how good of a season do you think he
0: has? Oh, God. If he stays healthy for 16 games, he'll be a top 20 running back. Top 20? 16 I, carries with no catches? Yeah, top 20. He'll be higher than... Mm-hmm. I was going to say... He's going to score
2: a the touchdowns if he's getting that.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You would expect a lot of touchdowns. All right, got to take a break here on Fantasy Football today. When we come back... uh, Yeah, big announcements. Big announcements. Podcast League announcements. Telethon announcements. Help us out with our charity event. And uh, some wide... Rec- we got to finish up wide receiver. We'll do that, and then we'll get into sleepers right after this. Okay, very important stuff. We have a telethon coming up next week. I could tell you about it, but I think it'd probably be better if Jamie told you about it. Jamie knows a lot more than I do. We're all going to be involved. Jamie, give us some deets on the telethon and how people can also get involved.
0: Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be one of the more fun things that we do. It was fun last year when we did it. Uh, it's going to be on Thursday, August 22nd. It'll be for six hours from noon Eastern until 6 p.m., and it's to raise money for uh saint jude's for the children's hospital there so it's a it's for a great cause we'll have more information on how you can donate if you are so inclined and we appreciate it if you do uh we'll be giving away a lot of cool things uh signed memorabilia from a lot of our training camp stops so thanks to guys like Pete prisco and bryant mcfadden and um jason Lockefora and evan washburn for for collecting all of those things and our producers for for going about doing it. we're gonna have some wwe guys involved including the great eric young who is a huge uh Huge fantasy player himself. He will be tormenting Adam throughout yeah. the uh, six hours. He should body and, slam uh, me, I think. It, it, it'll be one of the two great fights of the telethon. Uh will be Eric Young throwing Adam Azer around. Probably the room that we're sitting in right now. And then uh, Dave and Will Brinson fighting over the microphone with the... Uh, uh, while, while wearing tuxedos. While wearing tuxedos. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have... Uh, some very cool NFL players involved with this. Uh, I've been told. Uh, I don't think it's 100 confirmed yet, but we'll we'll say Matt Forte, Eddie Lacy, um, Roddy White, Dwayne Bowe, and uh, Fred Jackson. I believe are going to be some of the players that are involved in, in the telethon as well.
1: Cool. Uh, we can say whatever we want. Tom Brady's going to be on. Joe Montana. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Uh, we have a radio show Saturday night on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, it's, it's really fun. I on Fantasy Football, 10 p.m. Eastern until midnight. CBS Sports Radio is also channel 206 on Sirius. You can listen on CBSSportsRadio.com. We take your phone calls. We answer your questions. We're going to help you with your, your drafts. Facebook group, please join our Fantasy Football Today Facebook group. And I apologize to our Facebook group people for not reading some of your wide receiver uh, uh, breakouts that I asked you about. And the Podcast League, we do have a five-star review that um, – see if I can get it here that we, uh, Nathan, Nathan, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, but I already told him today. He is in the, uh, the podcast league with a very nice review that he wrote. There were a lot of them and it took a long time to sort out. So I just want to thank everybody. But Nathan said a podcast that strives to keep you well hydrated the best And that was a Pete Prisco joke. I won't read the whole thing. The best fantasy football podcast I've come across. Most fantasy analysts and podcasts that I've listened to in the past either are too stat-based or too talent-based or worse, feeling-based. These guys perfectly blend stats and player talent into the same show, leading to very good player evaluations. Dave, Dave's player evaluations for his trade charts have been very fair and universally agreeable across my leagues, and it goes on. So thank you for the very kind review. And Dave, good job with the trade chart, and we'll be looking forward to that this year. Coming soon. Let's finish up wide receiver. We did about 40 of them on the first uh, two shows, specifically yesterday with ADP. When you get past the D.D. Westbrook, Sterling Shepard, Corey Davis group, and we're past Dante Pettis and Sammy Watkins and Christian Kirk, we're now getting to around pick 100 or so. And we're looking at Sterling Shepard and Larry Fitzgerald and Broncos wide receivers, uh, all of the rookie wide receivers, including Nikhil Harry and DK Metcalf, all of them. Uh, Give me some names, guys, that really pop to you. I'm not going to include, uh, well, we could include Geronimo Allison. We'll include MVS. But give me some names that pop to you in this range, around wide receiver 40, around 100th overall in in drafts.
2: Well, first of all, I'm taking Westbrook before 98th overall. I've... I've done a little more research on on him and the role that he's going to play in Jacksonville. He ran 88% of his routes out of the slot last year. I think he's going to be in for a career year. So he's going to go higher than 100. Shepard is one who I think will also go, especially in PPR, a little bit higher than his ADPs at 107. I think he's going to go a little bit higher than that. And I love him as a bench receiver. He was getting over 10 PPR fantasy points per game on average with or without Odell Beckham. So he's got like that nice safe floor that you can feel good about. And then there's the name on this list that I, I don't even know if he should even still be here. He's at 115th overall, Curtis Samuel. Uh, he is the he is the darling of training camp across the league, just making play after play. The Bills reporters were raving about him <laughs> in, in during their joint practice. So this is a a different team's beat reporter saying, "Wow, this guy is amazing." Jamie was on him uh, before anybody else that I know of and uh, yeah last year he didn't even have 500 yards he's gonna blow through that in 2019
1: okay that's Curtis Samuel yeah we like Westbrook we like Samuel Sterling Shepard and then you know the first four games for Shepard in particular could be good without Golden Tate whose suspension has been upheld okay Jamie who's your favorite Broncos wide receiver and why
0: uh, Cortland Sutton in non-PPR, and I still like Deshaun Hamilton the best in, in PPR. I, I'm just nervous about Emmanuel Sanders making it through 16 games. You know, you already had the report about him having to undergo ankle surgery after the uh, the, the Achilles tear that he suffered last year. It, 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 it's it, it's a tough injury to come back from. It's amazing that he's on the field and doing what he's doing, but I, I'm, I'm still a little bit nervous. So he's third for me, but um, they're, they're all low-end guys. You know, it's not going to be a, a, a passing offense that I think you want to gravitate toward. But there are some good options with late round picks. All three of them, you know. Again, if Sanders stays healthy, I do think it's going to be interesting. Um, when uh, when Prisco was out there with them, drink, uh, he seems to think that they're going to keep Sanders on the outside, which is great news if you're like Deshaun Hamilton, like I do, because I think his best opportunity will be in the slot, in the slot, um, as we saw last year when he took over that role when when Sanders was was gone.
1: Would you guys take a second Steelers wide receiver, probably Dante Moncrief, over? A Broncos wide receiver.
2: Yes. I've got Sutton two spots higher than Monk. Okay. Because I think there's just more upside with Sutton than there is with Monk.
1: Maybe I'm an idiot, but I still like Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, you know, I want to see how it plays out. I but- think
0: most most people will. I, I don't I don't think that that's a, uh unpopular choice. I think I have the unpopular choice of taking the other two guys over Sanders.
1: Okay, any rookie wide receivers that you've been targeting a lot? For me, it's been DK Metcalf. But I do feel like Nikhil Harry, with all these injuries, it's almost like he could his value could be getting pushed down so much that it could end up really working out for you. But yeah, who do you guys like rookie wide receivers?
0: I don't take any of them in unless it's a 16-round draft or, or larger. I just don't love this group, and there's situations you know the one guy that's starting to i think the two guys i think that are starting to become attractive with late round picks are ebo samuel and miles Boynton. but those are not the prominent names that i think most people have been looking at it's been DK metcalf it's been harry it's been marquise brown um i i you know harry's banged up he's dealing with an injury right now you know i i think you just see the patriots they're they're going to give him an opportunity uh i think they also seem to like jacoby myers and an undrafted rookie free agent that they have uh, you know we don't know what's going to happen with demarius thomas so uh, and and obviously the wild card of josh gordon so i i, I steer clear of harry i still clear of of metcalf and and marquise brown personally
2: harry is my top ranked rookie receiver in ppr but i'm looking at him in round 14 plus so Specifically, a guy that I just want to put squatters rights on, put on my bench as my fifth or sixth receiver. Not overly excited about any of these guys for similar reasons that Jamie pointed out. That that could change. The next two preseason games for everybody could definitely shake things up. I keep seeing practice highlights of DK Metcalf, and and I'm like, wow, he's doing things that I wasn't sure he was going to be able to do. And then the game comes on and it, no, it's not quite the same. And you know that he's got some injury risk and he's on a team that's probably going to throw the ball a little bit more than we give them credit for. But it's going to be a little bit more balanced than what we might have thought. So I yeah. don't think I, DK Metcalf will end up being an, an average best ball bench type of guy. The guy you'll draft late and he'll help you out for three weeks.
1: The, the thing about Metcalf that I like, one, he had his guy beat for a deep ball in the preseason opener, you know, last week. And his whoever the quarterback was, it wasn't Russell Wilson, missed him. Uh, but two, Russell Wilson needs you know. a red zone target, okay? It's, it's been Doug Baldwin. It's been Jimmy Graham. Those guys are not there anymore. Tyler Lockett does not get a lot of red zone targets. If those targets start going to Tyler Lockett, then we're probably all going to be too low on Lockett, even though we like him. But I think Metcalf is a natural fit to step in and fill that red zone void. And it may not work, but I get him so late that even if it doesn't, you know, whatever, you you, you move on. Um, So that is somebody that I, I do like. Are there any other guys? I know Heath likes Tyra Williams a lot. He's the 53rd wide receiver off the board. Um, Devin Funches has actually not been that bad when he's gotten work. He's got, you know, obviously he's not a number one guy anymore. Like, we never talk about him. How do you feel about Anthony Miller and Devin Funches? They are outside the top 50 on Fantasy Pros and ADP.
2: Miller's got an ankle injury, so that might actually make his ADP stay where it is or slide even further. I still love his potential in Chicago. They don't seem concerned about the ankle holding him back, but he came into the NFL with a foot injury. He separated his shoulder his rookie year, and now he's got a sprained ankle before his sophomore season. So you kind of got to put the injury tag on him, but I, I would speculate on him before I would speculate on any rookie wide receiver.
1: How about John Brown or Devin Funches?
2: I have Brown higher. I think he can contribute a little bit more than um the these uh, the typical deep ball receiver. I think we view him as a deep ball guy, but he's he's been a lot more than that. 13 of his last 17 touchdowns, I believe it's over 3 seasons or 4 seasons for John Brown have been red zone touchdowns. My biggest concern with John Brown is his quarterback. And that Josh Allen will have will have moments of pure bliss and moments of how did this guy get picked in the first and I think it's gonna end up hurting John Brown he'll have a low cat
0: we we saw last year with Joe Flacco that John Brown was you know I don't want to say amazing but you know not not that short of it he was playing at a very high level and then the quarterback change was a disaster for him with Lamar Jackson obviously it was a entirely different system but I, I think you know John Brown wins with uh going to play with a guy that will challenge down the field in terms of Josh Allen as a quarterback so um yeah, he's he's ahead of the rookies. I think he's he's got some some significant upside. I want to see this whole Buffalo receiving core though together. You know, and I know we're not gonna get that with you know the guy that they thought would be their starting tight end in Tyler Croft because he's still banged up. But uh, you know, Cole Beasley's been in and out of the practices and at least in the minicamp, you know, and um they I don't think they figured out it seems as if it's gonna be Zay Jones as the other guy, but can this all work together and one guy being I don't want to say very successful, but successful enough that you can take a late round flyer on him and be comfortable enough with it. But there's so many guys when you get to this range that have very intriguing upside. You know, you mentioned um, Adam, Larry Fitzgerald. Pete also told us with his time with the Chargers and Cardinals during the preseason game that to a man, everybody that he spoke to, they didn't say Christian Kirk, which is what they told him this offseason. It was Larry Fitzgerald and how he looks three years younger and all these things. And, you know, it just takes me back to almost every time we keep writing Larry Fitzgerald off, and then he gets an upgraded quarterback situation, and all of a sudden he gets rejuvenated a little bit, and it happens. And and, and coaching situation, you know, I mean, we, we were done with him before Bruce Arians got there, and then Arians turned him into a 100-cash guy three years in a row. He kept saying, he's not going to do it again. He's not going to do it again. He's not going to do it again. And he did it again. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, you know, with Fitzgerald, uh, I keep downgrading Christian Kirk and I keep moving him up and it's it's not a bad scenario to just take a chance on him late and the other guy for me is jameson crowder I was you going know to bring him up. Uh, i i think you look at what the the jets offense is going to be with adam Gase and and sam darnold and you know you don't want to read too much into preseason when it's one series but sam darnold threw five times in that first drive and two of them went to crowder one was a big play for 30 plus yards and then one was the red zone touchdown so I, I think Crowder, you know, he's always been one of my favorite guys. Uh, had a hard time staying healthy in Washington, you know, when he was entering his third season. He didn't have that breakout performance like I was hoping to. But as a slot receiver, you know, I think he's going to get potentially a high volume of targets, and that could be a good situation for him.
2: His ADP is 158th overall.
0: Yeah. What? Yeah, well, that'll that'll normalize a little bit once we get through this weekend.
1: Three more guys I want to ask you about real quick here. One, Josh Gordon. Do you feel like you should be drafting Josh Gordon?
2: You can spend a late round pick on Gordon. The problem is we don't know when he's going to come back. So you might be sitting on him for two to three weeks and you might need to pick somebody off off waivers. And you're going to have to say, all right, who am I cutting? Well, Josh Gordon's still suspended, so I guess I'm going to cut him. He'll he'll be much easier to draft and you'll draft him higher if we get word that he'll be reinstated. We well, just haven't heard anything. If he gets reinstated. Plan. Oh, if he gets reinstated, we're his ADP's going to shoot like a rocket. Yeah, he could be awesome. He
1: could be awesome. He was really good without Gronkowski. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, every time he gets taken in a draft, I'm like, oh, man, I think I probably should have drafted Josh Gordon.
0: A hundred percent. You absolutely should be drafting him if you get to the later round.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kenny Stills, kind of interested in him with uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that could be a, a somewhat fun combo.
0: All of the Dolphins guys are in play once you get past round 12.
1: Who's your fave? F- means favorite. Stills stills okay
0: but it, all of them are i mean if, if if fitzpatrick starts let's just say eight plus games for those eight games he is going to do something that we have not seen with these dolphins receivers maybe outside of the stretch with matt moore which is somebody taking chances to allow them to go make plays and remember kenny stills at the end of the 2016 season when matt Moore took over he mm-hmm. was a superstar Mhm.
1: yeah all right last guy you know i remember i guess it was five years ago now a first-round wide receiver who was hurt in training camp, didn't play in the preseason, as I recall, missed the first four games of the season, and then he became one of the best wide receivers in football. Not saying that's going to happen, but Marquise Brown, that was Odell Beckham, by the way, Marquise Brown was the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft. He has blazing speed. He goes He's the 61st wide receiver off the board. Nobody likes him. Is he even the first Ravens wide receiver you're taking, or is it Boykin?
0: It'll be Boykin if he has another strong preseason performance. But it's not, It's not. you know, I I know I said I'm not taking these guys. I don't have a problem if somebody wants to take a chance on on them. It's just there, there are so many differences between what Odell Beckham's situation was yeah. and 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 Marquise Brown's. But um, he'll have some good moments if he's healthy. It's just a matter of, you know, again, you know, to sort of go back to the luck situation. How long is this injury going to linger for him? This is going back to, yeah. Yeah. you know, January. Mm-hmm. That he's still in and the reports are the thing I read yesterday is that he could he could run in a straight line, which is clearly something he could do very well. But he's having a hard time cutting.
1: All right. That is Marquise Brown. And if you draft him, you might be cutting him. <laughs> OK, let's take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, sleepers from Dave, from Jamie. We'll read some of Heath's sleepers. We'll read your tweets and we'll try to get to some emails at cbsi.com. if we don't. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to get to them tomorrow. And tomorrow will be the day that I make the Podcast League announcement and tell you how you can get in and when it's going to be. I thought it would be today, but we're going to postpone that till tomorrow. My apologies, and we'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Quick uh, news and notes here. Dak Prescott rejected a $30 million per year offer. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle would be surprised if if Jadeveon Clowney is not traded. Interesting. Seattle offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer wants Chris Carson to have 50 targets. That would be very nice. Uh, The Redskins are not listening to offers for Trent Williams. Their left tackle, according to ESPN. So, yeah, Golden Tate suspension upheld. That means Sterling Shepard will be, uh, without question, the number one target, well, with Evan Ingram, at Dallas, Buffalo, at Tampa Bay, and Washington. A couple of good matchups in there, those first four games. Darius Geis has not been cleared to play yet in games. Case Keenum looks like the front runner to start for the Redskins, according to the Washington Post. Tom Brady wants to play until age 45, and Marquise Brown, like we mentioned, does not appear to be at full strength. All right, guys, Uh do apologize. You'll have to go a little quicker than usual on your sleepers. Now, we have articles on the website, cbssports.com slash fantasy slash football, where you can see all these sleepers. I just picked a few. Dave, Phillip Rivers, 18th quarterback off the board. He's been
2: top 12 six straight years. He's a sleeper for you. He's been top 10 each of the last three years. He's also gotten off to a hot start each of the last five years. 20 or more fantasy points in six-point leagues in at least – Three of five, if not six of seven. Last year, it was six of seven when he gave you 20-plus fantasy points. So I love Phillip Rivers as a late-round pick. Perfect quarterback to pair with Andrew Luck. Darwin Thompson's on my list. We've been talking about him all summer long, really, since the draft. Delaney Walker, criminally underrated. He's healthy. He's going to be a primo target for Marcus Mariota. At least 800 yards. Four straight seasons. It's hard to find that at tight end. Hold on one Alexander second. Alexander Madison. Before
1: you go to the last two, because I appreciate you trying to speed sure. it up. I, that's good stuff. But we can spend a little more time. Follow up on Phillip Rivers. Does a, Melvin okay. Gorda- does a Melvin Gordon holdout impact him positively or negatively?
2: I say it impacts him positively. They'll have to throw a little bit more. They don't have that great bull rusher to try and you know maintain pace. They might. And Justin Jackson? Maybe. I like him a lot. I know, but he's not going to play as much as Eckler, and Eckler's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. I'm excited about Phillip Rivers. I I have a hard time keeping him out of my top 12. He is out of my top 12, but um, I'm taking him over Lamar Jackson, for example. That's how much I like Phillip Rivers.
1: Okay, are you taking Darwin Thompson over Carlos Hyde, yes or no?
2: I was, and now I'm not because I'm just, first of all, I'm all over the place with the Chiefs because they're all over the place with their running back. But I love the value in Thompson. I love what I saw from him in the first preseason game. I'm hoping to see more of it. I hope he gets some first-team reps in one of the next two preseason games with the Chiefs. Love his potential. He he's, he's a great backup to Damian Williams in that offense, in that he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's a good edge rusher. He's probably a better pass protector than Damian Williams. He's really good at that. And he's, just, he's somebody that I think can be um, a great bench stash to a potential starter.
1: Okay, and Delaney Walker, you mentioned he's the 12th tight end off the board on Fantasy Pros, 134th overall, 35 years old. But before last year, he was top seven in non-PPR, top five in PPR three straight years. Uh, would you rather have Delaney Walker or
2: Jordan Reed? I have Reed one spot higher than Walker because I think he's got more upside.
1: Okay. Uh, your next two, but sleepers, if, if you're worried
2: about the injury th- with Reed, forget about Reed. Go right to Delaney. Walk,
1: Alexander, Madison, and Miles Boykin. So two rookies here. I'll tell you this though, Dave. I was looking it up to this morning. Uh, Latavius Murray averaged only six point eight carries per game, and had just twelve catches in nine games with Dalvin Cook playing.
2: Does that scare you at all? No. I'm I'm drafting Madison as uh, in case of emergency with Dalvin Cook. Okay, he he comes in and he's the starter for Minnesota. He did. I do not think he played very well in their first preseason game, though so he might be on some thin ice for me as far as sleeper status goes. And
1: Boykin is a third-round pick. He's six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds out of Notre Dame. He's
2: a uh, he's currently like basically mm-hmm. undrafted, so uh, yeah, probably among we we've talked about rookie receivers already. I like Nikhil Harry better. But he's he's going to be ready to go for the Ravens. They don't have a lot at wide receiver. Seems like he's fairly polished for a rookie.
0: That's I don't funny, mind coming out of the draft. That was like the knock on in there.
2: I know, but if you watch him play, you know the biggest problem I actually have with him is that he, there were three passes that maybe he could have caught. One was behind him. One was too high. He got his hands on him. Um, I'd like to think that if he was truly polished and all the way there, he'd catch those passes. But if he's going to get a bunch of targets. Um, then you got to like him.
1: All right, Jamie, they let's talk it. about some of really. your sleepers, and we'll stick with that Ravens offense. <laughs> that prolific Ravens offense. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is a sleeper for you. He's QB 16 on Fantasy Pros in average draft position.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's a top 12 guy for me. I have him in, in uh, at number 11 right now. I, I just think there's uh, there's a lot to like about what he should be able to do as a rusher. We've talked about this quite a bit. If he can be a 3,000-yard passer, I would not be surprised if he's you know, challenging for a thousand yards rushing given the fact that he was almost seven hundred yards last year in uh in seven starts. He obviously played a little bit more than that when he was coming on for Joe Flacco. But I I, I love the upside for what Lamar Jackson could bring at the quarterback position and and I, at this point I'm taking him over Andrew Luck. Uh there's there's just, you know, one of those things that if you want to pair two guys together, that's a good opportunity to try and take these two in terms of Jackson and luck and it you know four points for passing touchdowns he could be a top five guy
1: don't so hey I listen he, you're forgetting the best Lamar Jackson pairing the Lamar Jackson Drew Breeze pairing their schedules line sure. up very nicely
0: when Breeze is on the road
1: um, it's a fun little uh, strategy yeah. that you could mess around with
0: all right no, cool yeah I think uh, that's something you want to do sure The uh, um, Latavius yeah. Murray yeah, Latavius Murray and Royce Freeman, you know, I think both guys in backup situations, you know, uh, on paper at least, I was really impressed with how Murray played against the Vikings, especially his role in the passing game. And, you know, he's not going to be what Mark Ingram was two years ago, but he could be what Mark Ingram was last year. And where you're getting him, you know, round seven, round eight, that's a pretty good value for somebody that is clearly a lottery ticket as well. Should something happen to Alvin Kamara, you could be talking about a guy that's a top 12 running back. So uh, he's uh, he's creeping closer to, to top 25 status for me. And in terms of Freeman, um I, I like the 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 fact that Theo Riddick's injury I think will help him stay on the field a little bit more. Uh, I'm not sold on Philip Lindsay being the featured guy like he was a year ago. I think they like Royce Freeman a lot. I do think that he's going to get an increase in tar in touches from a year ago, and uh, I'll pass on Philip Lindsay in that round four, round five range. And I mean Royce Freeman's ADP on our site is a little bit out of control, but yeah. you know if you're getting him around pick 100, I think that's good value for him. I already talked about Valdez Gantling, why I like him. I think he's got you know big opportunity. And the same thing with Dante Moncrief, you know, um, it it was a a fairly good sign that the Steelers held him out of the first preseason game because that gave him the opportunity, I think, to show that he solidified himself as a starter. So if you want to get excited about James Washington, I understand that, but I still think that Moncrief is the guy you want to target first, uh, along with Larry Fitzgerald as somebody that could be a good late round flyer for you as the potential number one guy for the Cardinals. And then Mark Andrews is uh, is a tight end I'm very excited about. I think, you know, you look at what um, Lamar Jackson did with him at the end of last season. The the one game I'll point to is the playoff game against the Chargers when they were chasing points. He led them in targets with seven. So while Miles Boykin's getting some some positive hype, they obviously drafted Marquise Brown. Mark Andrews has gotten a lot of, you know, good offseason pub, and, you know, rightfully so. I think he's going to have uh, an opportunity for a good season. He's a top ten tight end for me.
1: Okay. You'd rather have him than Delaney Walker or Jordan Reed?
0: Yeah, I think he's one of those guys, you know, we talk about all the time the, the the sophomore breakouts at tight end, and I think he's the chance to be that guy this season.
1: And, Dave, you feel I don't know if you have him ranked ahead of Walker and Reed, but you also like Mark I Andrews. Do. He's around that range. I do.
2: Yeah. I do. And I love his schedule to begin the year as well. Baltimore has Miami in week one, Arizona in week two, I think Cincinnati in week three.
1: I, I got to say, I, I,
2: nope, Kansas City in week three. I'm sure we're going to we get all, a lot of targets, and he meshed well with Lamar Jackson. Sorry, Dave. I'm, I'm sure we all watched the Ravens
1: preseason game because they they play their starters more than most teams. And the numbers were pretty good for Lamar Jackson. He didn't run the ball at all, which was weird. I thought he that looked was, pretty uh, That was not their offense.
2: I, yeah, I thought I didn't think he looked good, to be honest. And I agree. Uh, you he looked know, okay. I don't want to say he looked bad. I just he, think he looked okay. The first pass was amazing.
0: The thing you have to understand with what their offense is going to be is it's going to be a lot of him doing heavy lifting. And so if you are afraid of him getting hurt, understandable. If you are concerned about him not being the prettiest passer, that's not gonna be the you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna get a lot of style points with the way that he throws the ball and and the way that his receivers who are young, you know, I mean Boykin and, and Marquise Brown, if they're healthy, you're gonna play a lot. But I, I think you have to understand that if he can be successful enough as a passer with what he'll be able to do with his legs, that's why you win your fantasy leagues yeah. is when you take guys like this. We've talked about it for years, about what these running quarterbacks do, and he's gonna do it better than anybody else. Can he get
2: you 175 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, and two total touchdowns a game? Can he average that? Yes. Without any turnovers? Well, if he, I, if I, he can do I, it without many turnovers, so good. then he's going to be phenomenal. No, that, but those that's, are, that's not so—well, let's do the points on that, right? 50 rushing yards is five. It's 24, I believe. It's 12 for the touchdowns. You add five for the rushing yards, and then it's seven No, for the no. passing yards.
1: No, it's not. How many—oh, how many, yeah. Okay. 24 without any turnovers, though.
2: So 24 without any turnovers. Now you're down to 20 or 22. 24 points per game. You will sign up for 24 points per but that's game That's zero turnovers outside of the round 7 range every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That sounds like a guy i It's just a matter have, of whether or not he can actually do that for 16 games, which my chips are on, on the don't on that.
1: I, I mean, those stats there sound like a, a guy that I'd love in 4-point-per-passing touchdown leagues and would like as a backup in 6-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. But what I was going to say... Is like, look, if you put a lot of stock in the Ravens offense, it could go badly because he hasn't been a very good passer and we don't know what it's going to look like. But the good thing is, other than Mark Ingram, they're all going late, you know? So it's it's worth right. the gamble. It's worth the gamble. And, and, and I love and Ingram, the other part
0: the of it, you know, uh, one thing that Heath sold me on, it's, you know, think about the rookie quarterbacks over the last few years and how bad they were as throwers. He's, he's probably the worst. But, you know, Carson Wentz, not a good thrower as a rookie. Um, Jared Goff. Terrible rookie season, Mr. Trubisky. Terrible rookie season, and then they got better. And, and, and you know that's what you have to. Yeah, yeah. Huh? and
1: that's why Sam Darnold should be on people's sleepers Sam. list.
0: And you know what? You're I right.
2: Think two of those three quarterbacks you mentioned, Jamie, changed schemes. Darnold also changed schemes, and Lamar Jackson changing schemes. Right. So I I think that that's a huge factor. Is well.
1: all right. Uh, Heath had. Uh, let's we got about five minutes left, and I'm more actually interested in the listener sleepers because you can read Heath sleepers, but. He does have Lamar Jackson. He does have Marquez Valdez Scantling. He has Justin Jackson, who we like. You should be take. Would you rather have Justin Jackson or Royce Freeman?
0: Freeman. At the value right now, I will take Justin Jackson. But I do expect Melvin Gordon to play at some point this year, so Freeman is better.
1: Matt Breida is on Heath Sleeper's list, uh, and Jarek McKinnon could start the year on pup. Would you rather have Breida or Royce Freeman?
2: I will still draft Freeman ahead of Breida, but Breda's a, a must-get if you invest in Tevin Coleman.
0: I'll take Freeman. I don't know if he's a must-get because Coleman hopefully will play healthy. Well,
1: yeah, hopefully. And uh, he likes Tyrell Williams. You know that from Heath. Uh, you've heard that a lot. And he likes Jordan Reed a lot. And and quite frankly, I'm not sure how I feel about Jordan Reed, but I am sure that he shouldn't be the 21st tight end off the board. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's I, I thought the listeners really came up with some good names. Uh, I will try to avoid the ones we've already talked about, but Jeremy Black said Dexter Williams, Green Bay running back, is a sleeper. Agree or disagree?
2: Disagree. Disagree.
1: Okay, not yet, right? I mean, there'd have to be some injuries, so. Uh, James said Dak Prescott is a sleeper. I don't know. Maybe he'd be more of a breakout. Do you, do you guys think that there's, like, massive upside with Dak, Dak Prescott? Or big upside, I guess?
2: Not, not big upside, but... He's one of many quarterbacks that can be a serviceable starter for your fantasy team this yep. Uh
1: Quiatek on Twitter said, Tony Romo is a sleeper. And then Phil said, <laughs> Michael Gallup is a sleeper. So between Prescott, Romo, and Gallup, you know, any sleepers mm-hmm. in that list?
2: If you get points for singing into the future, Tony Romo is like a first-round pick. Gallup? <laughs> yeah. um Maybe. Maybe a decent. He's a he's a decent bench receiver, I'd say.
0: Look, if I don't know if um, I'd ever start him, feel good about sports. Amari Cooper's got a foot problem. Then you're going to be excited about Michael Gallup.
2: Sure. Yeah. So if Cooper's foot keeps him out, Ezekiel Elliott's holding out. Michael Gallup looks like a like a diamond.
1: Yeah, but just independent of that, let's say Cooper plays, Zeke plays, like he right. could there's easily a lot of, be. A lot. He could easily be the second leading receiver on the team. You know what does sure. that mean? Yeah, he they should be. Eight hundred yards. Five touchdowns. I don't know. Deeper leagues, I guess. But Um, that's Michael Gallup. Er Eric Hansen says Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller. uh, We talked about him. Dave, you
2: like him. Mm -hmm. Stay healthy.
1: CJ says James Washington. Agree or disagree?
2: Man, if he plays like he did in the first preseason game, that's going to be a layup. I still think Moncrief begins the year as the number two receiver opposite Juju. Here's a question. How often are the Steelers going to play in a three-receiver set this year? I think that comes down to how much Washington progresses. He looks leaner. He's certainly fast. If, if if he's playing well, they're going to put him on the field a ton, and now we're talking about him as an outside receiver, Moncrief as an outside receiver. Uh, you can make the case for why. The answer is yes, Washington is a good sleeper. Okay.
1: Uh, just Just for the record, Juju did not play in the preseason opener, right? Right.
2: He did not, Okay. nor did Ben.
1: Woody says, Marquise Goodwin is getting no love for the Niners. He's the only wide receiver that has a guaranteed spot in their starting
0: lineup. That's interesting because there's you know reports that he may not make the final roster because of his salary. I think that Dante Pettis' struggles are helping Marquise Goodwin just by default because I think that they would like to have a veteran presence. I actually spoke to George Kittle yesterday as part of my marathon of interviews with uh, a variety of different NFL personalities. And I asked Kittle about the young receiving core there, and he said he likes all of them. You know, he said he thinks that there's an opportunity for all these guys to make plays, including Marcus Goodwin. So I wouldn't rule him out, and I think that is a good call. Uh, He was somebody I was more excited about before he suffered an injury at practice last week. He did not play in the first preseason game. You could take that maybe as a positive sign that they were holding him out because he's a veteran and that his role was solidified. But uh, I also think that the more that Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd make plays— it's not a good situation for Marquise Goodwin, but I don't have a problem taking a flyer on him if you're talking about a 15 round draft or a, a l- larger than a 15 round draft. Round 13? Yeah, uh, double digits for sure. Would you
1: take Debo Samuel or Marquise Goodwin?
0: Uh, at this point, I'm taking Debo Samuel, but I, I, again, if you want to just take a shot in the dark, I think it's not a bad idea to take a shot ch- a shot on Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, I'm D- taking Debo.
1: Dustin says, "Jamie better be right about Curtis Samuel." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, at the, at his draft price, uh, that might be true. But I I cannot recall a player getting this much preseason hype from so many it's, sources. It,
0: it's amazing. You know the 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 funny thing is, it's like it's not just coming from one person. It's right. coming from so many different right. people. Um, it's it's crazy. And you know, I I obviously I was taking him at, at a spot which was very good value in our early drafts. He's going like r- r- round five in some drafts that I've seen and, and round six in others. And it's like, it, it it's frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I it know. Makes it's, you want to take DJ Moore
2: when DJ Moore slides on down. He did in one draft I just did.
1: All right, guys. Rapid fire here for the end. Agree or disagree on these sleepers? Hunter Renfro.
2: Disagree. Only in the deepest of PPR.
1: Chris said Justice Hill and Jay Mills said Gus Edwards.
0: Agree, disagree, in that order, correct?
2: Yeah, I,
1: I, if Ingram gets hurt, who gets the carries? I
2: think it might be Gus. I think it's going to be Gus with more Justice Hill.
1: Okay, Cole Beasley,
2: deepest of PPR league mm-hmm. ahead of Hunter Renfro, but not by much. Last one, Terry McLaurin, McLovin for the Redskins, rookie receiver for the Redskins, Terry McLaurin. They've 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 been saying that he looks great. It's just the Redskins <laughs> and a rookie receiver. Yeah. He, he might not actually put up good numbers until he's back on the field with Dwayne Haskins they were teammates at Ohio
1: well my apologies to the listeners you know I'm a big apologizer um, it's really uh, I'm sure it's an attractive quality in a host but I thought we'd have more time today had an audio <laughs> issue at the start Jamie what was I saying at the start
0: I can't take it I can't take it <laughs> so I don't
1: get to your emails but I will make sure there's time for your emails tomorrow one person wants to know what our walk-up music would be. We'll have fun with that. So please stay tuned for that. And thank you so much for listening. This is Fantasy Football Today. For Dave or Jamie, I'm Adam. Nah, nah, nah,
0: nah, 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 nah,